It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. I was five years old. I just learned how to whistle. I was so proud. I, I begged my mother to let me go down and see my friend Sissy. She lived five doors down. And I wanted to show off what I could do. Oh, I like Sissy so much. So my mother said yes, so I ran down, ran in the back door of her home without even knocking, and just ran right up in front of her face, and I went, <laughs> stepped back. Her eyes got large and she clapped her hands together. I was so proud. I felt like I killed a big bear with a spoon. Sissy. Sissy asked me if I wanted to stay in color. Now, I, I, I did not like to color that well, but I did like to be with Sissy. She had just gotten a new coloring book, uh, it was uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Not my particular favorite, even among coloring books, but it was sissy. So I sat down, and she agreed to use the brown crayon for the bears, and I, I thought the closest thing to brown would be red, so I made a red bear. These were some big... Decisions that were going on between us because we didn't have a lot of conversation. Every once in a while, when the conversation would lag, I would go, <laughs> and she'd laugh, and I'd laugh. It was great. All of a sudden, Sissy took me by the hand, her eyes sparkling. You see, her mother had just gone down to the basement to wash clothes. Sissy stood me to my feet we walked away from our crayons and coloring books. We went to the back of the house, out through the screen door, across the porch, and down the steps. My heart it was pounding. I had, no, I had no idea why. It probably was just a touch of Sissy's hand. It was like a very soft, warm marshmallow. Oh, and I like marshmallows. Yet my heart had never pounded before touching one. We walked around the side of the house where there was a huge pine tree. At least I thought it was huge. I remember, did I mention I was only five years old? Many things are huge when you're five. Sissy pulled back one of the branches like she had done it a thousand times before. We wiggled our way through, through <clears throat> to a space that was private, a floor of pine needles. Nobody could see in, and we couldn't see out. She took me by the shoulders, turned me around, and lightly shoved me to where I was leaning against the house. She reached down with her right hand and gently... Rubbed it over my shorts, over my pee-peer. 
that's what I knew it to be. Matter of fact, I was asked four times a day if I needed to pee-pee. I consulted my pee-peer and answered accordingly. I had no other aspirations for this apparatus. I never even asked to be enlightened. Sissy found another use. All at once, my pee-peer grew big, embarrassingly large. I was convinced that Sissy's mother must be downstairs, fully aware of the immenseness. Matter of fact, the, pref, the factory that was just down the street must have shut down operations with all the employees turning to one another and asking in horror, What was that? What was that? Mostly, I was in fear that Sissy might be knocked over or perhaps smothered. Before I could respond or even breathe another ounce of air, Sissy leaned over with her lips and kissed me. I didn't have a moment to pucker, even though I didn't know that was what you were supposed to do. I was at full attention. All of my sensitivities were tingling. My mind was racing. Sissy looked down and peeked inside my shorts and giggled. I didn't know what to do, so I joined her and giggled too. She took me by the hand and she walked and I kind of limped back into the house. We sat down and just continued coloring the bear and her cubs. But I felt, I felt so alive. I, I felt so informed. I, I, I was five years old and suddenly I was aware. I was in love. Not, not with Sissy, but with the whole idea that there was so much more to discover than my brain, my little brain, could ever imagine. I just, I just went home that night. I, I wanted to tell somebody about my experience, but who? I didn't want to tell my mother. It might scare her. My dad was kind of gruff, seemed uninterested. He might be angry. He might be jealous. My big brothers had already surrendered to small-town thinking and had never mentioned anything to me about life and all of its clutter. So being a little boy with a little faith and a little time, I told God. Yeah, I did. I told him all about what had happened that day. I finished my prayer by saying, if you had anything to do with this, oh, I want to thank you. And if there's any way you can remind me of what happened this afternoon to make me want more, well, you just always feel free to stop and let me know. Because I lived in a town. Don't ask, don't tell. Good children learn it well. How do we learn? What the hell? Climb inside my shell. You're supposed to ask. You need to ask. You insisted you did. 
they said not. You were offended. They were surprised. You explained to them. They listened carefully. You told them that you walked around with an obvious need that you had assumed they would be aware that you wanted their assistance. Yeah. Yeah, you see there? There's the word. Assume. It isn't the same as ask, is it? Spelled differently. Actually, carries its own meaning. I assume. Yes, I assume so many things that I could write a book called My Assumptions. I assume nobody's really interested in me, so I take in loneliness and pretend to be rejected. I assume black people are one way and Hispanics are another, and I assume it's due to their culture. I assume that they assume many, many assumptions about me. I assume women are women because that's what I always assumed was correct, and it's women. They're different from men. I assume. I assume there's a God, although assuming it doesn't make it true. Others assume there is no God. They're assuming as equally as anemic. I assume because I'm afraid. Afraid, petrified to ask. I'm afraid to ask because I don't want to be stupid. Here I come. I'm not dumb. Where are you from? Give me some. I ain't no bum. I assume. I assume. Very often, you don't have what you want because you never ask. Why don't you ask? Because answers are scary sometimes. In a negatively charged universe, they normally end up being, no, nah, never, not interested. And how do you handle a no without appearing to be disappointed? Oh, and am I right? Disappointment? Oh, my goodness. It makes you look weak. And once you're weak, it's easy to be taken advantage of by others. So we grow up and we assume instead of ask. And anybody with two eyes in his head should be able to determine and discern our situation. And if they can't, we'll just... Screw him. That's doggone it. What? Can't they tell my situation just by looking? There's no one more ignorant, by the way, than the man who knows it all. Knowing it, is all, knowing it all is like drawing a line in the middle of an endless desert, insisting you have found the end to the dunes. When the desert just keeps going on and on and on and on. Asking is something 
we allow children to do. Assuming is what adults do. Why? Because we've convinced ourselves that asking is embarrassing. There's the danger we're going to get that, the look. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? That, that little squint of the eyes that people use that means that someone of your intelligence and of your age should know such things. But what if you don't? What if you're surprised that your pee-peer gets big? What if you don't know that the pain in your chest is indigestion and not a heart attack? Shouldn't you ask? And who would you ask? There are, there's, there's a thought that was once shared by a man of faith. Here's what he said. He said, if any of you folks need to know something, let him ask of God who will not criticize you for being without for being without the knowledge in the first place. Really? Is there somebody that I can ask something of who will not goddamn criticize me? Who will not continue to treat me stupid after I've asked the question, is this true? Because here's, here's what I want you to know. I, I don't know why God is so glib about not committing adultery when he makes it so damn easy to do it. I don't know why he told us not to kill and then gave us the ability to make gunpowder, knives, and bombs. Is asking a way to avoid being stupid or a way to make yourself look stupid? I'm going to tell you it's aggravating. You are miffed. Yet they say to you, all you had to do was ask. All you had to do was ask. But you're not convinced of that. You believe that if you had asked, they would not have given it to you since none of them were, were observant enough to see that you had the need in the first place. We second-guess each other. We try to control each other. That's why we're so afraid to just ask a question. Can you tell me? Do you know how to get to theirs? So you end up assuming, don't you? You could ask. But asking is really vulnerable. Asking actually could become humiliating. Asking could become completely humiliating. Oh, by, by the way, before, before I forget to put an ending to my story about Sissy, if, if, you, if you're curious, the next time I saw Sissy, I, I was exploding with billions and billions and billions of questions. I thought she might be my source. So finally, we were together and we went away from the adults onto the other side of the garage, hidden away. And I said, 
kind of whispering. Sissy, why did my peer get so big? I thought my chest was going to explode. I finally got the question out. Sissy looked at me and she smiled. And she said, <clears throat> I don't know, but it sure was funny. And, and here's the truth. Every little boy I took behind that tree had the same thing happen. As she finished her explanation, she ran away to join her friends and family, and I stood there and realized I had been cheated on, informed, revealed, and jilted all in one thought. Unfortunately, Sissy never took me behind the pines again. Too many appointments would be my guess. But wait. Even though it was very difficult for me to ask Sissy that question, asking is really just humbling. See, humiliating is what happens when you go without asking and you end up looking stupid. Perhaps the old adage is true. It never hurts to ask. Well, of course it does. It hurt, that is. It certainly hurts. It hurts your pride. Yes, sissy, my pride. It might hurt a little bit of your self-reliance. So somewhere along the line, you must make a decision. Would you rather go without waiting for someone to finally assume and notice your predicament? Or step into the humility to simply ask. You see, the good news is if something grows up in front of you that you don't understand, you can ask. And the better news is, God is not afraid of things that grow. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.